What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to episode 42 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariner's podcast. The alternative back alley, underbelly, underground, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about and surrounding the Seattle Mariners. Coming to you at the time of this recording from Oakland, California. Beautiful postcard-esque Oakland, California. No, I'm lying. It is rough and tumble. It is it is a rough and tumble place. I'm trying to get through this recording to get you to the, uh, you know show but also need to get out and get make sure my car you know wasn't broken into and get back to you know los angeles for the weekend and uh you know but looking forward to being up there next weekend in seattle for the uh final stretch of the season um at the time of this recording we just finished up the three game series up here in oakland uh you know just limping out of this one again you know the mariners avoided their second uh, sweep on this uh, road trip but you know what the other teams that we're competing with aren't doing so good as well things are still tight just you know like I said in the last episode buckle up you know it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride and it doesn't get easier especially in the postseason just you know stay calm remember to breathe anyways here on uh, episode 42 we're just wrapping up you know the trip up here in Oakland and uh, we recorded some other stuff, but we're going to save that for um, uh, Sunday night's uh, recording. Uh, if you haven't heard about the Rays Boathouse, uh, Tampa Bay Rays thing, uh, we're going to get into that. It just didn't fit here in this episode. Just wanted to keep it nice and tight and, you know, under our time. But we will add that segment um, on uh, episode 43 after the Mariners uh, conclude the series in Kansas City. Um, again, Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing, and just helping this, uh, you know, show grow. Uh, we started this series, uh, podcast series, I should say, here on Buzzsprout. Also, just a shout out to Buzzsprout. If you are looking to start your, uh, you know, podcast uh, takeover of the world, Buzzsprout is the place to grow. That is where we started this pod this podcast and um you know we are you know i guess i can announce it now we will slightly announce it we are going to be leaving buzzsprout not because buzzsprout didn't uh do it for us it's because buzzsprout helped us find a home there'll be a more of an announcement about that uh, maybe on the next episode but definitely in the next week or so where you can find us but listen for the time being if you're finding this episode or other episodes through Buzzsprout, keep doing that. Um, there will be an easy transition uh, over to where our new home will be. And also, you know, you can always get these on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, all, all those good places. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up and I'm going to get out of the way so you can listen to episode 42 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast that's going to start. I got to get out of here. Someone's breaking into my car. Just kidding. Right about now. If you haven't been listening to the last two episodes, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, welcome back. So what's been going on is, you know, I go to a lot of games, obviously. um, But in my in-person record of late up until today where the Mariners won at the time of this recording or yesterday when you're listening to this. I was on a losing streak of, what, six games in a row in attendance where I had not seen the happy dance at the end of the game. Uh, I, it's maybe the longest 
in-person losing streak. I mean, I'd have to go back to some of the lean years where I didn't go to as many games and, you know, I, I can't really remember. But these are all losses during a meaningful time. Uh, yeah, I was at the first game of the uh, of the White Sox series on, on Labor Day, which they lost, and we recorded down at Tacos in Tegela. Um I was at the Atlanta Braves Mariners game one. Uh, we lost that one as well. And then two in Anaheim. And uh, that's when this thing started to uh, started to pick up some steam. And, and Han, Hanno said, hey, if you lose these first two games in Oakland that you're going to, you're banned from going to Mariners games because you are the negative energy there. You are the, voodoo, the, the negative voodoo energy that's going on in there. Isn't that what, what we're talking about here, Hanno? Absolutely. I mean, a little perspective behind everything. We're going to Oakland. They're the last place team in the league. We have our star pitchers for one through three guys as they have developed out through the year as being our big gun pitching. So, you know, we got Castillo, Ray, and Kirby. So, I mean, we're surely not going to lose these games. But if we were to, there's a perfectly good reason why we do, in my opinion. And I just felt that, I just felt that, you know, the only reason that I can come up with it is you, you know? Yeah. It was actually in my losing streak, I saw Ray three times. Three times Robbie Ray was on the hill. Uh, I also seen, you know, Suarez get hurt. I've seen, Julio get hurt. Um, I've I've watched you know a, a few of these Mariners batting averages drop, and a lot of them having uh, big slumps. I I get it, I get it, you know. And you're going off on what my grandma Norma says, right? Like she's she's banned my mom from going to games because she says she's bad luck this season. You guys said I was bad luck, uh, and I agreed. Right, I agreed on the last episode. If we lost those two games, I would not go. But you know what? I said, "Fuck it." I'm not t- tucking my tail between my legs. I stayed. I was a fugitive, a Mariners, a uh, bad luck person, fugitive on the law. I stayed. I went to the game today. We brought home the W, but it was a tough, tough looking game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the guy pitching in Kirby today has been outstanding, and he threw kind of a dud to start with, you know. Um, we get out to an early lead, and then Oakland charges right back. So Julio goes down. I mean, this this streak kind of started on this road trip with Eugenio Suarez going down when you were there for the first game in Anaheim. So it just all makes all the sense to me on what the issue is here. Yeah, and, you know, not everybody's on our text thread, but you were laying into me. Same thing with my grandma, Norma. She told me today that, at the time of the recording of this game three before the game, I should only be peeking through the fences, find somewhere outside the stadium and peek through the fence. But then she, she did give me mercy and goes, well, at least don't sit in the same damn area you've been sitting in. And I didn't. And yeah, the Mariners got off right out of the, right out the gates three to nothing. Uh, everything was looking good. Then all of a sudden uh, we had a weird injury that happened to uh, Julio. Yeah, that was really weird. Um, it was hard to see what was actually happening with you being there. It looked like 
Hanniger was maybe meant, you know, calling out to service or something, and then service walked out there. What did you see yeah. from so, your vantage point? So I was behind the plate versus over the dugout. So all, I did see service walking out there, and I believe it was in the middle of an at-bat. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I thought maybe, or maybe it was after a play. I don't know. It was something where you're like, why is service coming out? What's he challenging? And he kept walking and I started, you know, surveying the field left to right, watching all the players and the outfielders were kind of getting together. The infielders were kind of looking at each other. And it was kind of like, and then I saw that I was kind of like, I don't know what's going on. And then the trainer started walking out. And then it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> who is it? It kind of reminded me of that scene in, uh, I know it's, this is a terrible, terrible comparison, but the movie, uh, league of their own when Tom Hanks who's playing the manager right and he walks in with the letter to one of the players that their husband is uh um not coming home from world war like who is it going to be right and that like i said terrible comparison but i'm just saying it was like who's it going to be and at first, I thought it was maybe the pitcher, and then I was like, no, maybe it's whoever's playing second base, and the outfielders are getting together. And then it was Hanniger and Julio walking towards the trainer and Scott Service, like, slowly. And there was a point where I was like, well, which one of them would I be rather okay with not feeling great or hurt? And... I feel bad saying this, but I'm glad it was just Julio and his back spasms because I figured if Hanniger was going out, you know, with his injury history and a lot of his, like, worse injuries, it could be something a lot worse. And with Julio, I have a good, good, good feeling that he's going to get through these back spasms. But, yeah, it was tough to... uh you know, lose him, uh, you know, he, he whether his back was healthy or not this series, that's that's in question. I I want to say it wasn't just from being there in person. It definitely what he didn't seem 100, but he still was contributing and still being Julio, but that's what superstars do. So what, what, what was your feeling on it? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really tell anything. The previous at bat, you know, in the first inning, wrote that ball down the line. Um you know, looked like nothing was wrong there, continued to round the bases, you know, and even Scott Service said after the game that uh, there was nothing to his mind that it happened during that or anything, but he just said that Julio told him that it, when he was in the outfield there between innings, it just locked up on him again, like what has been occurring to him previously. So that's kind of a freaky thing going on, and they're going to take a look uh at it and see if they can figure it out. So it's hard to say how long he might be out again. Why I feel like, I mean, I commend him for playing because we, we need Julio, right? He, he's the, he's, you know, we win and we lose with this guy. He's the guy carrying the team. He's been carrying the team all year uh, through thick and thin, but just being down there and using my own eyes, you know, my non-trained doctor eyes, but like he just seemed not as aggressive, uh, not as bouncy just around like he usually, he usually was. He looked like he was kind of really taking care of himself, being very like, you know, uh, 
very methodical in his movement. We didn't see him uh, the night before in the ninth inning when Ty France got up and he had an infield, when he hustled out an infield single and got on first base. We didn't see him make an attempt to second base, which I thought was kind of strange because Ty France has kind of turned into this like sort of double play machine right now, you know, and, you know, because he hits the ball hard at somebody in the shift. But we didn't see that. And I, I, Got a point to, I mean, they'll go, no, that wasn't the situation. You know, you'll never get a real answer out of Jerry or, you know, Scott or any of them. It's always never like, oh, we were were hiding an injury right there. But I'm sure they don't want him slamming into first base, you know, especially going head first, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, he is very aggressive with the way he runs and he slides in the second base on his steals head first. You know, he had an injury earlier with his hand. You know, so, and when it's your back and you're hitting the ground that hard, it, it can take, it, you take a beating, you know, but like you said, Scott did, did give the um, answer that the press asked him about why didn't Julio steal at that time. And their thing was, is that the pitcher had a great one, two count to the plate. So when a pitcher has that kind of time to get to the plate with a quick move, that it's not that easy to steal on a guy. So that was their thinking behind it. Oh, yeah. They know more about baseball than all of us all the time. That's that's just the answer you're going to get. And, you know, unless you're out there or a former major league player, you kind of have to just go, okay, all right. I, I guess I don't know enough. So Lou Pinella has started snacking on Sun Giant almonds. Why is that, Lou? Why not? Is it the crisp, fresh taste or is there a more profound reason why you do? Why I do what? Why you love Sun Giant almonds. Why you serve them to your guests. Why you're nibbling on Sun Giant dry roasted almonds right now. America wants to know why. Why? Why should I settle for peanuts? There's something good under the sun. Sun Giant almonds. Today's game, yeah, Kirby went out there. He he di- he had no command today. There was a, a you know starting from the first inning. There's there's just a lot of balls that were missing throwing a lot of pitches and then you know it, it does suck when a 167 hitter you know Voigt gets up there and hits a fucking true base clearing triple I mean that was that was at the point where I was like fuck I might see my seventh loss in person here and I'm gonna hear it from everybody I was like man this this show might even be canceled after after this that's I have to be honest that's how I was feeling and especially when you know we gave up the lead but all of a sudden there was a player that I've I do remember him being on the team at one point somewhere I can't even remember his name's Jared Kelnick I believe comes up hits a home run and I believe that started the Mariners uh, getting back the momentum of, hey, we got to take care of business today. Yeah, at that point, the Mariners were still down five to four to the A's. And uh, Kirby, who was taken out, you're right, he didn't have the command. He had three walks. I mean, he hasn't had more than a walk per game in those last 12 starts and really hasn't had a stinker of a start since way back in June so it just wasn't his night which is surprising he's so he has so good he has so much command of his pitches so at least the Mariners were making an effort and they got a good outing out of their bullpen and Matt Boyd really kind of settled them down with 
two innings in there yeah, with not giving there, right? up a run. And more impressive about Matt Boyd's performance were his fucking cleats he had out there. Did you see those all those those teal high top? Uh, I don't know if they were Griffies or what they were. Those were some good looking fucking cleats. Those are the best looking cleats I've seen a pitcher ever wear on the Mariners. <laughs> yeah, good good call. You're right. They were pretty snazzy. But again, who's this? Who's this? Kel, Kel, is that how I say his name? Kelnick? Jerry Kelnick? He hit a monstrous home run. Also had a double. Uh, definitely got the team going. I mean, he was wearing the, 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 the Swellmit or the Bomit, whatever it's called. Where did he come from, Hanno? Well, if you haven't heard, which I find it hard to believe, every Mariner fan seems to have an opinion on him, love him, hate him. He's a villain. He's angry. He do, he's too serious. He's in his head. But he got called up from Triple uh, A Tacoma um, from uh, starting the second game of this series. Uh, did not play that first game and came out hot. He was interviewed earlier and said, "Hey, I'm just here to do whatever I can to help the team win." And he looked comfortable and more relaxed. And he had a new batting stance today, as you saw. Power. I have a little project. Edgar Martinez has it. And so does Eagle Hardware and Garden. The best selection of power tools. The most powerful brand names. Because if you don't have power, you are not in the game. Now this is what I call a bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. But today's game, if there was going to be a game for the Mariners to win that made me feel better was a game like this. And why we manufactured a shitload of runs. Manny Acta, awesome guy, class act, loved the guy. Talked to him on two occasions uh, down there close to the dugout. You know, told him, man, Manny, we got to get your arm going. We got to loosen that thing up. He loved it. He, pl- he plays along with it. Yeah, he... You know, he got his arm going today. We had to ice that fucking thing down probably after the game because the Mariners were scoring runs. And, you know, he's out there working, working the infielders, working the outfielders, shoving, you know, doing signs, waving his arms around. Anytime Manny Acta is very active in a game, you can guarantee I have a big smile on my face. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It was nice to see the Mariners manufacture some runs, you know, uh, uh, put together multiple hits in an inning. And then besides all that, they were able to add on late and give the Mariners a victory. So, yeah, you're usually seeing Manny Acta just giving high fives. The Mariners have been hitting a lot of long balls. That's how they've been scoring. But, yeah, it was nice to see him moving that arm the other way in the Mariners manufacturing run. And by talk to him, I mean we interacted for about 10 seconds each time. But it, it was a lot of fun, a couple of laughs back and forth. I just, Manny Acta's my guy. I, was, I always tell him, I want to see that fucking arm moving. I hope you're icing that thing after the game. I mean, this game today, I mean, Harold Reynolds talks about it, the games can have a headline. Or the headline will read this the next day. or And then all of a sudden something happens and you're looking for a whole new headline headline he brought up the uh for example one time where i think trout was like oh for four against the mariners with like three strikeouts or four strikeouts and the the headline would have been mike 
Trout strikes out four times, but he he hits his home run and you know wins the game for the Angels. So the headline changes, and I want to say if we lose this game today, we would be talking about Mariners send out their top three or their playoff three in this series, and we get swept against you know one of the worst teams in baseball. Right? That would have been some sort of headline would have came from that. But I think the headline to me is this: the depth of the pitching staff and the depth of our lineup salvaged this series. We got to see what happens when one of our starters blows it early. And sometimes it's, I feel like a benefit to give up those four runs or five runs in the second or third inning. Cause then you can bring some long relief in, which is, you know, pitchers that possibly could be a starter on another team and they just, you know, steady the ship and then we lose Julio and we're putting guys in and we're, you know, taking Winker out when we just know that we need to put somebody in there. And, and I also feel like it sends a message to the fans. It sends a message on the field that like, Hey, a game like today was like, we had to have this game and we had to stop, you know, like, trusting or waiting around for you know the this process of waiting for people it was like no we got to get the guys in there that are, are, are or more or less let's get the guys out of there that just aren't delivering right now and and they did and they and it wasn't drawn up this way but i think this is one of the first times in a very long time we've seen the long relief come in and just handle a game that was getting away from us that we won yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't feel like our lineup has the depth here lately, the way they've been playing. But I will agree with you there that the pitching staff has been the depth of our and the depth of our team has been really good. But it was nice to see the bats pick up that pitching staff, or at least the starting pitching staff today. You know, we had four guys with two hits. I don't remember the last time that was the case. Hanager had two. France had two. Brazier had two hits, and as well as the new guy brought up, Kelnick had two hits. So it was a nice um, change of pace to see the men of bats pick up the pitchers. Yeah, and at one point, I, I took a picture of this. I looked up at the, the scoreboard, one of the Oakland scoreboards. Are, they're, it's kind of hard to make out some of the stuff. And I feel like I have very good eyes, but like just... I don't know. We'll get into their stadium a little bit later and, and the aesthetics going on there. But I looked up and I saw all the guys that we were like so into and behind a year ago right now going down the stretch where pretty much minus Frazier at one point was our team from last year in the game and winning us this today, which, which was like, wow, this is pretty strange. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Toro even came in and got a, yeah. an at-bat today. And yeah. same with Moore. You know, yeah. he played today. So yeah. you got, there's a lot. You're yeah. exactly right. It was, I've, again, I you know, I kind of like lost my train of thought there. But yeah, there was Toro. There was Moore. There was France. There was Hanniger. There was Kelnick. There was Haggerty. There was uh, Raleigh. And uh uh, Diego Castillo was pitching at the time, and I was like, dang, besides Frazier, at one point, I was like, these are all the guys from last year, which we haven't seen on the field together. So, 
you know, it, no, which might be a good thing. And a lot of manufacturing balls in the gaps kind of guy because they were not a sit and wait for a home run team last year whatsoever. No, that's great perspective. You're exactly right. I never thought of it like that. But that's who came through for us today. Yeah, but you know, I I <laughs> I, I cannot wait for Suarez to come back. I cannot wait for Julio to come back. Um, I I do think Santana needs to be in the lineup every day. One guy that I don't feel like needs to be in the lineup every day, if you've been listening to this podcast, we're going to get into him right when we get back. We're going to talk about what we're going to do with left field, and once again, we're going to briefly talk about Jesse Winker. We've got guys from all over the world on our club. Veterans like Edgar Martinez really help them out. I like a double tall latte, please. I like a double tall latte, please. How about them cooks? How about them cooks? Gooey duck. Gooey duck. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. I took my gooey duck to Puyallup. Good. The Seattle Mariners. You gotta love these guys. Just sure, you betcha. So, I know I've said I'm not going to say anything negative about Winker on this, but I said this. I said this, and I think I've done a fucking pretty pretty good job of not, like, just laying in this dude. But I've been watching him on this trip, Anaheim here. I've mentioned before, I kind of, his, his, his demeanor, his attitude, or just the, just the, you know, just what he's projecting out there doesn't seem like he gives a shit. And I know that's not the case. I know that's not the case. But uh, it's just his body language is showing that to you, huh? Yeah, and the hustle. There's there's a couple of, there's a couple of things I saw here in the Oakland series. We've talked about the things in in Anaheim, but there was a couple of strikeouts where. He thinks he's holding up the bat. I don't know what kind of swing it is, and he's and then he like holds it up and he twists around and the looking at the umpire of like, what do you mean I didn't go? And you're like, you fucking went, you went and you twirled around. Go back and watch these at bats. They're 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 not good. And there was also maybe his best hit ball this series. You know, it got snared. He got robbed, and I was watching him go down the line and listen. I don't think if he went full tilt, he was going to make it to first. But he just shut it down way too early. And you can't do that in Oakland. You can't do that when you're down one run or two runs late in the game. It's just It just sends off a bad... A, just I just It's a bad vibe. It's not good vibes only. And we've seen that. We obviously will talk about here in a second the ball down the left field line, the throw, all these obvious things, the throwing of the equipment... Um, I, I just got to say here in game three, I, I couldn't have been happier to see Terenz come up and pinch in for him. Did Terenz get the job done? No, but he hit the ball to right field with, with a guy on third base was less than two outs. It just wasn't deep enough, but I mean, he had the right idea and his, his, uh, pinch hit home run the day before, you know, I'm happy with what I've seen with him. Um, but I just feel now that we're down to, you know, Less than 15 games. We've played so many of these games. We've waited. We've waited. We've talked about it. We've thought he's getting going. At this point, 
I feel like his his job is probably gone, and it's probably Jared Kelnick's to lose, or 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 Haggerty's. Uh, um, you know, it also has to do with 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 Julio's uh, uh, health. Uh, what do you got to say about Winker? And look, this is I want you to be real. I want you to be real right here, Hanno. Well, I mean, I agree with you. Um, he came into the team with a as an all-star last year, um, supposed to be a really good hitter, hit for average. He just hasn't been this year. He's had a really awful year. His defense has been subpar. And then lately, everything is just magnified. I mean, he's giving up outs, and they're scoring runs on normal, routine plays. Even manager Scott Service said that after the first game of the series, when that ball, like you mentioned, was hit down the left field line, went through his legs, I mean, it's a pretty standard outfield that, that play. Happened, that happened to be in game two, I believe. Yeah. Was it game two? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was game one. No, it was it was, it was was game two. Okay. Well, not, regardless, yeah. Um, it was uh, a simple play, you know, and they ended up scoring two runs right there. I mean, and it, it just – he's obviously struggling. It's obviously in his head. And I feel for the guy. I mean, after that game, he stood up in front of the media, told him, yeah, I know I'm not playing well. It's tough, especially when we're in this playoff position to, um, you know, be playing this way. It's a hard pill to swallow. And, you know, good for him. I'm standing up to it, you know. As a person, I feel bad for the guy. I feel for him. It's I feel like he has these weird anger things that he, you know, like he lets the ball go through his legs, right? It bounce, it hits the wall. But that doesn't mean you just grab the ball and fling it like you're mad. You grab the ball and you hit the fucking cutoff, man. That's, that's your oh, job. Oh, absolutely. The way it looks like, it looks like, I mean, this is my, I'll try to explain it on that play. It looks like he's running into the corner like he's playing co-ed softball. He gets the ball. You know, it goes through his legs. He finally picks it up and then chucks it in like he's a little leaguer. It's just kind of a half-assed way of playing the way he's body language and everything and how everything is just compounded on the way he's been playing lately. It's just rough to watch. His his demeanor with all the stuff is 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 very little league. I'm sorry. It 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 really is. the The throws are inexcusable. He's not hitting right now, and you know, with Jared Kelnick coming up, uh, and if you get Julio back in the lineup, I don't think right now you can make an argument to have him in there. Definitely not at left out in left field, and you can't make an argument with him and uh, Santana. I mean, Santana's too huge in the big moments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Mariners have done a pretty good job of taking Winker out in late innings with when they have the lead. They didn't happen to that game. The Mariners were still down, but that play happened, and then Oakland just added on, and then there was no chance for them to come back. I mean, it's just, it's, he's just not a good fielder. I mean, everybody said it, but it's just, it's so painful to watch. I mean, he's up there with Raul Abanez and, and some other, I can't even think of the other worst men or left fielders that we've had. Damn. <laughs> Damn. No, we had, what was that one dude's name who 
We ended up trading. I forgot who we had him in twenty. Oh, Trombo? No, Trom not Trombo, but uh, not Santana. But we, tr- he was one of the guys that. Oh God, I'd have to look up. I would have to look that up. Go look up the twenty nineteen uh, left fielder. It slipped my mind. I've just tried to erase that whole year out of my out of my memory. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it it does look bad. And you know, have Haggerty making that good diving play today, and having Kelnick out there. I mean, at one point, you know, you could at the end of a game, you could have Kelnick. You could have Haggerty and you could have Julio out there, and uh, that's a pretty fast uh, outfield. You know, with you could do that with Hanniger at DH. You know, at times, and also Hanniger is going to DH. Something that we did see today, you know, with with some injuries out there was Ty France at third base. He looked fine at third base to me. Yeah, he made a couple nice plays. Um, yeah, he didn't hurt you. That's all you want. No, and I feel like, too, next year when they have, I know we don't want to focus on next year, but next year when you're playing a little more straight up and you're not playing all these weird shifts, I think he's going to, he could definitely be all right at at third base. Like now, I don't know where you put the third baseman and stuff like that. It's very confusing. Who's playing short? Who's playing second? Who's playing third with, with, the, with the shift out there? But I did like that they tried that out. Also, that does kind of tell me, like, you know, we might not see Suarez out there throwing. I know that he's been hitting or lightly swinging, and and they say he's going to come back. Isn't that the report? Like he possibly could be hitting next week or maybe by the end of the weekend. Yeah, um, they said that he is taking BP. Started off with some soft toss. He wears a splint on his finger. Taking hacks feels really good. That he will be able to go. Um, once his IL stint is done, but he still hasn't thrown a baseball yet. So, like you said, he might be our new DH until he gets comfortable. Well, he was signing autographs today, so he might be getting better. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. You know, we were all down there after the game today, finally seeing, you know, the high fives, the happy dance. And you know what? Jared Kelnick, you know, had a hell of a game. Uh, and you know, when you have a hell of a game, you get an interview after the games, gotta feel good in his first, uh, you know, day back after he's had, you know, he's been sent down twice and the Mariners needed a big jolt. He gave it to him, but then things got weird when the ice bucket hit him, right? Yeah. He looked pretty upset, you know? And he's an intense guy, plays with an edge. He, he didn't, you would think a guy would have the emotions of being part of the team where you'd at least smile or something, but that wasn't the case. I'm sure he's getting a lot of flack. I mean, I saw him in the dugout after that first, uh, or when he first got brought back after the Torrance home run. They were clowning around after his home run. So, I mean, the guy does smile. Yeah, he he does have teeth. He does have teeth. Uh, he uh, and um, 
I did see his reaction after he got hit with the with the ice bucket. I don't know who did it, but he definitely was not very happy. And when he was walking through the, you know, in Oakland, they, they you can't just go through the clubhouse through the dugout on the um, opposition uh, if you're the visiting team. You have to walk behind the plate because it's not a baseball stadium. And uh, he didn't seem very happy. <laughs> he, just, he, still, he didn't seem like a guy who just got called back up, hit a big home run, hit a double. You know, uh, he did not. That did not. Uh, that did not translate from <laughs> what you saw. No, I mean, I heard it was Ty France that got him, but Ty France gets guys all the time. It's I don't know why Jared was so intense there or why. He took it to heart so much or whatever the reason. I mean, I honestly, it doesn't bother me that much. It's a little weird, but as long as he can help this team improve, keep hitting, and hopefully never have to go back to the minors, that's all that I really care about with Jared Kelnick and that he can play good defense. Yeah, and maybe he's just a little butt sore. Remember, he, 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 <laughs> he, what, he, he, deleted all of his Mariners existence on on his Instagram. He's definitely he's definitely you know, he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder. He's definitely playing with the edge. Um and that's what leads me to this next part I would love to talk about. You know, I go through these Mariner groups and you know, you're online seeing stuff too or or on the socials and there is a lot of talk about that. And but one of the cool threads that's here, which is on the real Mariners fan site, let me pull this up. I saw this earlier and I wanted to talk about this. This guy Ryan DeVault, he does a really, really good job on some of these groups. He has game threads. I think he works at Yahoo. Real cool guy. I would love to get him on here. I don't know if he listens to the pod. I'll have to reach out to him. But he started a thread today about eight hours at the time of this recording. So this is. Towards the end of the game, the game's getting over. It's called the Jared Kelnick Apology Thread. And it says, here is where you can post apologies for trashing Jared Kelnick this week. Uh, Would you like me to... Can we scroll down a few of these? This is one I liked. I hope you find it in your heart to forgive me for all the terrible, rotten, good-for-nothing, ruthless, conniving, despicable, unspeakable, bastardly... Hideous, atrocious, abominable, intolerable, insufferable, unbearable, laughable, pathetic things I've said about you. We're glad you're back. He said, nice. Uh, And I'm guessing you want to know what I said, right, Hannah? Yeah, well, I I mean... It's nice to hear that someone actually apologized. That's the first one I've heard on this apology letter. I, well, here's what I said. I'll be honest with you. I just said, listen, Jared, I've always been jealous of your bleach tips. And and I am. I wish I could still (laughs) have some bleach tips like that. Mine never looked like. Well, anyways, welcome back, Jared. Let's see how long you can hang. Maybe we can get some of that old 20. 21 end of the year magic out of you i like it i'd also be okay still if somehow we just got one more look at lewis but i'm not going to waste any time on that let's get into oakland alameda 
Let's get into the Oakland Alameda Ring Central Ricky Henderson field of the Oakland A's. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. So on this road trip, you know, down in Anaheim, the the getaway, the limp away game, as we should say, uh, you know, they they eliminated the Angels, the the team I and stadium I probably hate the most. Uh, And today, uh, you know, we we avoided the sweep at the time of this recording. In game three, we avoided the sweep here in Oakland. Um, But it also marked something. Uh, What was that, Hanno? Yeah, the Mariners, with their win today, um, have clinched a winning season, which is really good. But also, besides that, obviously, since they had a winning season last year, it's their first time they've had back-to-back winning seasons since I, I don't even remember when. It's got to be, it, I don't know, maybe the early, uh, I don't know, maybe like 2000, I don't know. Because there's a lot of there was a lot of this back and forth. Good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. For a long exactly. Time. Yeah, they did. And you know what? The Mariners fans though were out in force in Oakland. Uh, it was a lot of fun being here. I had my cousin Ninja with me. You know the Ninja. I feel bad for him. He got four losses on this trip. Four losses, but he got four baseballs. Two of them were from, uh, you know, JP Crawford. Uh, and one was from Santana. I don't know where the other ones were, but it, it, if you've never been to um, Oakland, it is like a pinball machine in there with the, with the foul balls bouncing off the cement, and just the way the stadium is, you know, laid out behind home plate. The balls are coming fast. They're coming heavy. Uh, there's a shitload of Mariners fans there. It's 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 a I would get into more of like the stadium and things about that, but maybe I want to save that just for an Oakland A's uh, stadium episode that we kind of keep teasing here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast because there, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about how the uh, ushers and security guards are way too fucking serious and way too overprotective, um, except for Wanda. Wanda's cool. Wanda was really cool. But it, it, they are a little bit crazy. Like, they don't let you move around. They don't let you walk down to the dugouts. I mean, that's why when I go to those those stadiums or Oakland, it's not expensive. I just buy the ticket down there because there's no buy a ticket and just go to Edgar's Cantina and then just kind of wait till the fourth inning and sneak down. Yeah, you're I I imagine um, there's a lot of fans dressed up in seats there, obviously, aren't there? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's a, you know, the stadium is surrounded by, you know, nothing. (laughs) There's nothing. It's like, uh, encampments, uh, you know, rundown communities. It's just, it's, it is not a place that you really 
can do anything before or after the games. Um, you know, you get into the stadium, it's very old. That I don't have a problem with. I, I you know, it, is it renovated like Dodger Stadium or Anaheim, a couple of old stadiums from, you know, the, the, the late 60s and early 70s? No, but it does, like I've said before, you know, hold a, a warm spot in my heart just from my childhood of watching, you know, all the good Oakland A's teams um, with the Bash brothers, Dave Stewart, Ricky Henderson. There's been a lot of really good baseball and football, just memorable moments there that is hollowed grounds, no matter how big of a dump you think the place is. I mean, there's just been a lot of important things in sports history, definitely in like my era that I remember from that stadium. Yeah, I mean... A lot of it has changed so much because of how the A's have structured their team and how, you know, they just play a lot of young guys. I mean, I saw a, thing, a stat that said they um, had 17 guys make their major league debut this year. So not having a great team, that's really changed the whole vibe of the Oakland Athletics and their stadium situation, correct? Correct. And I would say you know, the Mariners fans made up about 35, 40% of the stadium crowd in there. I don't think there was a game that hit 5,000. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, the, the ushers there do treat it a little, a little, a little, a little too serious. Very, actually they're, they're fucking assholes um, for the most part. I mean, after the game, I, I mean, I've put some videos on, on, on Instagram and stuff like that, but like, you know, it's right after the game. And I remember I walked down, I was in like row 12, you know, behind the dugout and it only goes down to row five. So really I'm in row seven. I just walked down to get a little photo. One, two, the lady goes, you can't come any farther. Stay out of here. Um, some kids came <laughs> like this. She literally said that she goes, you can't come down here, stay out of here. And, uh, you know, the ninja was not liking any of this cause you know, he likes to get down there, but they, they don't let people down by the dugout. Um, they, uh, you know, I've literally heard them say, get out. I've literally heard them call for security because there was a couple of like 16 year olds trying to get autographs you know, from Thai France. Wow. I mean, that's hard to believe talking about the fan experience. I mean, the game's over. That's ridiculous. It is. I mean, there are great ushers there and there are cool people. And I don't know if this is how they treat the Oakland A's fans, but it, 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 it's very, it's, it's, I mean, there was a guy who, who went off on the security guard. He, how he went off, he shouldn't do Um, the way he was so, just overly aggressive, which I put on the Instagram story last night, but I get his point. The way he did it though was, was dumb, but also the, the, they run down there like they're working security for a concert and they're walking, you know, the artists through the crowd. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, if you've not been there, but also I do want to say this, if you're in Seattle and you're looking for a quick, cheap, you know, road trip, you can just hop on the airplane and just imagine, uh, the stadium is at South center. That's how close it is to the airport. You can stay here. You probably don't, there's not much to do. Uh, you know, if you're staying near the airport, but, but I'm saying if you're just going to your hotel room, like I did and going to the games and, and stuff like that, it's, it's, 
it's pretty cheap and you can sit down, you know, behind the plate for, you know, less than $50 a game. And you're watching. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, and you can hear yourself on TV. I heard tons of Mariner fans. I didn't hear you, but I heard a bunch of Mariner fans. So yeah. you can definitely go down there, scream your head off, and be heard on TV. Yeah, and, and and again, I really love, I've said this before, you've heard me say this, I really love road games. I really feel like you can talk to the people the, much more than you can at a Mariners game, especially when you talk about Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Like I said, I've tried to hand out flyers around Seattle, and they they look at me when I try to hand them to them or, or a card for the show. Like, like I'm handing them like a, a pro or anti-abortion so, <laughs> abortion so you, pamphlet. You kind of get that Seattle freeze. Oh, you definitely get that Seattle freeze or they think I'm handing stuff out from the deja vu or whatever the, the strip club is down there. And it's like, no, it's just a podcast talking about Mariners when you're on the road, you know, for the most part, people are like, they find you. She's like, Whoa. Yeah. And it was really fun running into people that were like, Oh no, I know this podcast. So that just shows me that the Mariners community is out there taking in, uh, you know, whatever they can get for the Mariners. They love this team. We got to just, you know, get behind them. We just got one more fucking series on the road in Kansas City against the Royals. Then they're going to be back for 10, and I'm going to be up there for the uh, the last homestand there starting next weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to us still being able to maybe get that number one seed. Here's the thing. We we were slipping and sliding, but guess what? The other teams weren't winning that much. At the time of this recording, we're still only a game and a half out of the top spot. We still have a four-game lead over Baltimore when we start baseball today. And again, we're still not playing anybody that should be beating us. Whether they're going to take care of business or not, we're going to have to see how you feeling about this Hanson after today. Um, you know, the Ems played Casey earlier in the year and swept them. I'm hoping they get two out of three from them. That would be ideal. And remember, you can't score any runs unless you get some hits. All right, now let's get a hitter up there. You kid, what's your name? Ruth, sir. Ruth, Ruth, what? George Herman Ruth, sir. But my friends call me Babe. Babe. Another Babe Ruth. Well, step up to the plate, Babe, and maybe swat out a few. Hey, Turk, chuck a few into the next Babe Ruth. When you've got a well-known name, people expect a lot. We've got a beer named after the city that means beer, Old Milwaukee. It's a tough name to live up to, but Old Milwaukee is one of the fastest growing major beers in the country. Tell me, babe, you don't happen to know any kids named Garrick, do you? Old Milwaukee beer tastes as great as its name. Right now I'm here at the hotel looking out the window at the BART. But uh, I can't wait till I am looking out the window at uh, T-Mobile Park Occidental, let me tell you that. And I, I think the Mariners feel the same way. Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad that your streak is ended. You know, Sumner, I don't know. The if Sumner you, slide? I, the Sumner slide? Exactly. Uh, the Sumner slide's over, and because of that, your boy on game one, it was a tough game. The Mariners only got one hit. I was irate at you. But I, your boy, 
<laughs> your boy got got a Twitter Tuesday root for Twitter Tuesday question answered correctly, and I won the contest. And I have a gift certificate to take you out to lunch at the Snoqualmie Casino next time you're in town oh, because you broke the street. Congratulations! What was the Twitter question that you answered? <laughs> Funny you should ask that. Usually they're kind of hard, but they're I enjoy doing. I've just started doing them lately. You know, it can be what's the fastest pitch in the eighth inning? How many runs are the Amps going to score? But this one that I answered correctly is which boat is going to win the Hydro Challenge during the sixth inning? That takes a lot, a lot of research. Yeah, you have three choices. It was a tough one. It was a tough one. I will definitely take a free meal at the Snoqualmie Queen Casino anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, this is episode 42. I know we're leaving out a lot of stuff. I'm definitely like... I know there's just a, like a lot of fun stuff to talk about about Oakland and the stadium. Definitely in the postseason, we're gonna you know have a little bit of different programming where we're going back into the uh, you know the the deep dives on subjects when the hot stove's going on, which I like to call the cold soup uh, because it's all the same shit, anyways. But um, yeah. Uh, Oakland is a interesting ballpark. There's no other place like it. Kind of thank God, but I mean there there is some there is a lot of history there, and I'm I'm happy to have gone here. I'm happy the trip's over. Can't wait to get back to uh, T-Mobile. Like I said earlier. Anyways, this is episode 42 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Again, thank you for liking, subscribing. And downloading, definitely downloading these episodes is what the fuck matters, I guess. Even if you're not listening to them, just download them. It ain't that hard. Then you can delete them. Anyways, this is Myron down here, signing off here from Oakland, California. Hanno, you're up in Edmonds. You know what fucking time it is. Oh, yeah. Give me a second. I'm going to grab my trumpet. Hold on. Yeah, get it out of the box. That was like my Vince McMahon version of it.